Sports, sports, the mid-game positive COVID test of sports, apparently. Coming to you from independent remote quarantine locations with me tonight are my co-hosts, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Good evening. And the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. Hey, guys. And in the middle of the period, my name is Snoop Gentleman, episode 163. How are we? Doing great, man. Feel pretty good. Yeah? Feel pretty good. Yeah. My tea's better than it was when we first got online, so I, I, I dug down deep and found some extra you tea. Found your res- tea reserves? <laughs> did, you have tea to, reserves. did you have to frack your tea reserves? Yeah, it's called directional <laughs> drilling. <laughs> and so instead of going real deep, I went deep and then to oh, the okay. left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where you keep all your tea? <laughs> Back and to the left. Y- yes. That's <laughs> yeah, where I keep all that's my tea. All the tea. <laughs> Allegedly. You got about You're seven right. seconds of tea there. Right. It's a magic tea. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, Rowdy, it's, it's, it's been a while since I said something, so I'm saying something now. Okay. Beard looks great. Hey, thanks, man. Beard is looks awesome. Really, really. I remember, I remember college rowdy. Heck, I remember pre-COVID rowdy. He had a he had a neck. This rowdy, I can't see his neck because <laughs> nope. there's just there's beard in front of it. It's beautiful. It's looking. It's good. getting kind of a point to it too. I I, uh, I appreciate the shaping. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a it's a good. Uh, I I got rid of my fidget spinners. Now I just have this hair <laughs> oh man that's bad that's bad news no i just keep my fidget spinner on my face yeah. i've retired all my fidget spinners it is good though uh, because what? i uh, about once a month i lose my wedding ring because i pulled my wedding ring off and i'll what i tend to do this is this is a dumb move i'll get pin like ink pins and I'll stick my wedding ring on and have it held by the clip on the wedding ring and then just kind of spin it around in there while it's held by the clip. And then I'll put the pin up. And then, like, hours later, I'm like, I don't feel my wedding ring. I don't know what happened. I'm not married anymore. Yep. Yeah. It's always in a dumb place. I guess I'm a place. free man. Who I'm happily married. I just, I, just, I, just, I just need to fidget. Right. <laughs> That's how the, I'll just leave that one alone. You just, you just crack the door open just a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'm happily married. I just want to fidget. Look. Look. I'm Mrs. a man. I got to fidget. That I just need to go off and fidget sometimes. Uh, I don't like yes. the direction this is taken. Uh, you you gave us the map. You shouldn't be surprised where we go. That's true. We're just connecting the dots. <laughs> yes, that's um, right. You <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us tonight on this um, very special episode of uh, Couples Counseling Without the Other Half with Aunt Rowdy. So we can yeah. just really dig into it hey, tonight it's free. with you, buddy. <laughs> it's free. It's well, not You know good. what? Also Maybe free. if we had a better social safety net. I could afford real counseling with yes. both halves of our couple. <laughs> yes, that's right. You were the only one that was covered. I, I, I should also mention that this is the last episode we will be recording before the um, apocalypse. Oh, that is true. The impending we'll get, apocalypse. We'll, we'll get to that. I, 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 what is November 3rd? I got a thought experiment about that. So oh, we'll get okay. to that later. All right. 
I don't know. You got to get prepared for the apocalypse, so you got to think about it. It may go all out the window once the apocalypse hits, but mm-hmm. always be prepared. I mean, we replaced our dining room table with our Jim Baker uh, food buckets. You get <laughs> like a dozen and silver. Yeah, solution. you get like a dozen of those. Oh, well, we keep that. Yeah, we keep that down in the in the bunker. But yeah, for our dining room table, we just have uh-huh. about a dozen uh, of the food buckets. And you just put a tablecloth over those, and you get yourself a dining room table mm-hmm. that you can eat. There you go. Now, with the food bucket, do you just assign one to each person, and then that what, whatever food is in there is theirs? Once they're done, that's their problem. We haven't figured out how we're divvying that up yet, but... Yeah, so is the food bucket, like, does it have multiple items in each bucket, or is, like, a bucket S- just, like, oatmeal? My daughter, yeah, or- my daughter's eating spaghetti for a month. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. That's That's every meal, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah. And she unfortunately she did not draw the sauce bucket. She only drew (laughs) the the spaghetti bucket. His other daughter got the sauce bucket. Yeah, we don't get to open the sauce bucket for another three months. (laughs) Now, is do the biscuits and the gravy reside in the same bucket, Uh, or are those two separate buckets? Biscuits and gravy are the same. It's the solid and liquid state of the same thing. That's true. Right? <laughs> that is true. Okay. I mean, yeah, you unless, might well, you might add some of. sausage to the gravy, but if you're talking like Cracker Barrel style sawmill gravy, mm-hmm. that's just biscuits with liquid biscuits on top. Yeah, and and lard and, and fat back on it. And yeah, but, yes. but you got to have the sausage grease to make the liquid. Right? That's maybe, but Rowdy's bringing up a really good point because you you make the gravy with the same flour that you made the biscuits with. Right. And the grease from the meat. And then you and yeah. then you eat it and you create the gas form. See, I appreciate I appreciate how you have connected both noodles and biscuits in this conversation. Yeah. It's like we're talking about the ACC already, Rowdy. <laughs> Now there's and there and there it is. There's our off ramp to sports. Oh yeah, I knew we'd I knew we'd find one at some point. Take the exit to the left <laughs> yes. at 500 feet. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Here we are talking once again about sports and only sports. We stick to it. Uh, we get things started every week by saying, "Hey, Rowdy, how about some sports? How about it? <laughs> hey guys, yeah. the uh, the World Series was that last night?" Yes, yep. game game six was last night. It's uh, all over. Man, I miss. I was doing research for a future episode, but um, yeah, how was it? It was good. It was a good game. Yeah, yeah Dodgers yeah. won. Yeah, it was so all they, right. They took the series four two, with a three one lead or a three one win in game six. You got all that? It's a lot of numbers. Four two, three one six. Basically, what happened is the Tampa Bay manager started meddling with the bullpen <laughs> Kevin Cash- and blew the whole game. Kevin Cash do be meddling. So Blake yeah. Snell was having an outing. I think he had, did he have seven or nine strikeouts? In- nine strikeouts, a one hit, one run, no walks, on, as I remember. On on five and a third five innings. Five and a third, yep. So what did he do at that point after only about 70, 75 pitches? So what does he do at that point, Reed? Well, any what Yanks any manager him. would do yanks him yeah oh yeah. is he is he our best pitcher well he's got to get out of there <laughs> is this an elimination game <laughs> sure is <laughs> sure is well we need to go to the bullpen yeah and i get, get it torched and i get it from the perspective of uh that's what got him there 
and and Mookie was com- Mookie Betts was coming up top of the lineup. You know, every time you go through the lineup, uh, you're less and less effective. Yeah. So this was going right. to be the third time through. You know, the but numbers. But he'd already struck out Mookie twice. Yep. The numbers say to do this, but this is a time where it's like, do you really want your best, your, your fourth best pitcher, probably your best pitcher out of the bullpen, to come in and take out your best starter or one of your aces? No, it doesn't make any sense to me. And and yeah, he I didn't just don't want to be it. taken out. No, he was not happy, and I don't blame him. I don't get it. Game six, game six is always and absolutely an elimination game in a seven-game series. So I don't understand why all of a sudden you just go to the encyclopedia of baseball stats and just play by the rule book instead of, you know, rolling the dice. Mm -hmm. You got a hot hand. The guy's already struck out Mookie twice. Uh... You know, he was handling Max Muncy pretty well, Bellinger pretty well. I mean, n- you know, nobody was going ham on him, and and he was feeling it. I mean, he was visibly upset when he got mm-hmm. pulled, and I don't I, blame him. And then in that sixth and inning, I'm no Blake Snell fan either. No, well, he he's done you wrong. This is this is typical of a Blake Snell outing, though. You don't get six innings out of him, but this no. was not because of right. him. This was because. Of his manager pulling him, pulling him early. I thought it was surprising. Yep. I think this is one of those um, decisions that, looking at the numbers, like if you're just it, the pure analytics of it, say it's like a sixty thirty, maybe a fifty five or a seventy thirty, sixty forty, something around that. Where yeah, it can go either way, and it blew up on him. Yep. You know, it just it doesn't. To me, I'm I'm leaning in your direction, Reed, where it's like this is this is an elimination game. Right. Keep your best players out there. Lose with your best players playing. Mm-hmm. Don't lose because somebody can look back and say, well, you didn't have your best guy out there. You took him out of the game. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, and instantaneously after they pull Snell, Mookie comes up and hits one, mm-hmm. uh, goes yard, mm-hmm. and then know, Corey Seager hits. Uh, yep. drove in that the go ahead right after that yep. in the sixth inning, right? They were both in the sixth inning, if I remember. Yeah, right. I turned it off when they pulled Snell. I changed the channel and came back in the eighth because I was quite frustrated with the uh, management techniques. Yeah, so now we have, uh, and the, I think we'll get into the next one. But now we have we we were going to end up with Tampa holding two of the four major trophies. Yep. Or L.A. holding two of the four. So L.A. now has the O'Brien and the Commissioner's uh, trophy. Hmm. So I didn't, I didn't know if you thought about that. Because we were talking about, man, L.A. could have this crazy... Or, I mean, Tampa could have this crazy season where right. they could have three championships. Well, L.A. currently has two. And they won two within the past, what, three weeks? I would say... Two or three weeks, L.A. Yeah. and Tampa are probably the two cultural powerhouses of... The U.S. So, yeah. in twenty <laughs> yeah. in twenty twenty, as far as coast go, East Coast West Coast, yeah, yeah for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're, West Coast pseudo West Coast. Yeah, they're both West Coast, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Gulf Coast, the only coast, Gulf Coast, Pacific Coast, the yes. only true coast. 
It does. Uh, it does make me sad. I am not a Dodgers fan. I was really rooting for the Rays. Um, it, th- this whole baseball bubble made me made my allegiance to certain teams all out of whack because I found myself rooting for the Braves at one point. I mean, it was just I was all over the place. But yeah, I mean, like you say, Snoop. Hopefully, the one. Uh, positive out of all of this is now everybody can stop talking about how the Dodgers haven't won anything since 1988 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. So yep. 1988. Yeah, that's they've they've been to three of the last four World Series. They've won uh, three. Uh, well, this is redundant, but they've won three NL pennants. They've won their division, I think, six times in a row. Like. They're near dynasty level on a, in a lot right. of ways, like the Braves were in the early 90s. I think 91 to mm-hmm. ni- 90 is either 90 to 95 or 91 to 96. The Braves only won one World Series, but they were in like four World Series in that time. So and you know what you never saw? You never saw uh, Bobby Cox pull out Glavin or Maddox or whatever when they were on a hot streak. You yeah. sure yeah. don't. You sure don't didn't. Yeah, it it wouldn't have made sense then, and it doesn't make sense now. So, I, at least the part of that the story that we can all get out. Because if can you imagine if that if the the Dodgers with their huge payroll, I, Rowdy, I know you can imagine this with their huge payroll losing <laughs> to the to the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're the fourth lowest payroll in Major League Baseball. Like we we would have had. And Rowdy, this would have driven you nuts because I know how you're listening to MLB Network yeah. all the time. Four months of just like, <laughs> do they really need to spend all that money? They spend they spend right. billions of dollars, millions of dollars, and they still can't win a championship. Well, at least all that is over. Like at least we don't right. have to hear that. I guess if I've, if nothing else, like the the sports narrative can move on. Yeah. Well, and in their defense, they did get cheated. What <laughs> the what race? Was that, Seventeen. In 17, 18 with the Astros? With the Astros, yep, yep. Yeah. The Trash yeah. Can uh, World Series, so they got yeah. cheated on that one. That's for fair. Sure, the yep. buzzers or whatever. In 17. So, you know, yeah. give it to them. But, yeah, actually, Rowdy, there's a baseball movie. I know we're not doing films much anymore, but I went and rewatched it the other night. You should watch Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Okay. It's. Uh, I think you'd like it. It's It's a good... It's a good uh, movie well done and it's all about um the oakland athletics and how they had like a 38 million dollar payroll and the yankees at the time had like a 140 million dollar payroll and the a's uh broke the broke the record of uh, consecutive wins during that season it's all uh what do you call it snoop what's the term for it sabermetrics uh, sabermetrics yeah yeah it's, a, it's pretty cool. It's a good I, movie. I love that scene where they're they're all sitting there. This is like the first time Pete. Um, yeah. When I point at you, Pete, that's when I want like, you to say. That's when moment. I want you to talk. Like, <laughs> yeah. Show me the money. <laughs> that's what he says. Yep. Yep. He gets on base. Mm-hmm. That's what. Yep. I and love what that does movie. he do, Pete? Gets he, on base. He gets on base. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, did you want me to speak now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great, great flick. We should have watched that one. Maybe we should get we back should've. to it. We should have. That's a really good one. As Big City Adam pointed out, this is the first time we haven't, today, Wednesday, the 28th of, of October, is the first day we haven't had sports 
and especially meaningful sports in a very long time. Well, instead of watching the World Series, I was watching a sports movie, like I said, in preparation for a future episode, which I won't get into that now, but I've, I've, still, been, I've still been watching sports movies. I can't get okay. enough. Okay. So, okay. Um, but the other when bit, I did turn yes. on the internet this morning, plugged, mm-hmm. it, plugged it in, fired up the old <laughs> monitor. Once I connected yep. to Prodigy, one of the first headlines mm-hmm. I saw was talking about <laughs> a uh, COVID incident in the, uh, I think, in the World Whoa. Series celebration? Post-game celebration? What's going on uh, there? Well, what? a little bit earlier than oh, that. Really? We definitely have a conspiracy on our okay. hands here. Definitely. Yes. yes so, so, Justin wanna... Turner. Mm-hmm. Right? Third baseman? This is, is the, this the beard guy? Mm-hmm. The, the big red yeah, beard guy. Okay. Ginger. I'm learning. Um... All of a sudden, he what? It must have been the seventh inning when they come out on defense. They had uh, the Dodgers had switched their lineup. They had put somebody else in left. They had switched third base, and Justin Turner was nowhere to hmm. be found. And we find out after the game is over, and Justin Turner comes back out on the field for the celebration. That during the sixth inning, it was confirmed. That uh, he tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Huh. Very odd timing around the whole thing. Because he was tested before the game. They said that they were supposed to get the results before the game. But somehow, the results came back uh, late and inconclusive. From the... F- this is the timeline I How convenient. I yeah, this is the timeline I heard, that it came back in the second inconclusive, so they were retesting it. And then somewhere, yeah, around the sixth inning is when they got word of it, but they weren't able to get Turner out of the game until the eighth. Is what? Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. He didn't come out for the eighth. That's right, yeah. With, with no word on what happens. He's just gone, poof. Right. Joe yeah. Buck was perplexed. Oh, he kept well, talking about it. I know, you know you watch on mute, Snoop. I do. <laughs> Joe Buck. Joe Buck was very concerned about Justin Turner and what was going on. He was yep. perplexed. Yep. Well, at that point, Justin Turner said, "Thanks for everyone reaching out. I feel great. No symptoms at all. Just experienced every emotion you can possibly imagine. Can't believe I couldn't be out there to celebrate with my guys. So proud of this team and unbelievably happy for the city of L.A. Well, this must have been, this was at 12.28 a.m. He, he clearly changed his tune. He did go out there with his guys, and he did mix yep. it up with and without a mask, taking pictures with without, without a mask. With and without for pictures, yep. Yep. MLB had a statement about it 12 hours, well, almost 14 hours later. Uh, they said, now you tell me where they went wrong here, Reed. And they said, immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered, leading to the removal of Justin Turner from last night's game. Does that sound right to you? Does that sound how no. sound like how you said? Yeah, me neither. Turner was placed nope. into isolation for the safety of those around him. However... Following the Dodgers' victory, it is clear that Turner chose to disregard the agreed-upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others. Oh, 
you mean Major League Baseball threw a player under the bus that Justin Turner disregarded the regulations and protocol? Justin Turner, who earlier this year during the labor talks said they should take the commissioner's name off the trophy if he's going to talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) What's the commissioner's trophy? I mean... The commissioner's trophy in Major League Baseball. That's what you get for winning the the World Series. It's it's the, like... uh, it's like the silver plated thirty flag. That's a ba- that yeah. is a Trophy. bad name. They should take the commissioner's name off of it. I mean, this yeah. is clearly a, a cover up in terms of either an undetermined test or a positive test that they just thought, oh hell with it. Once again, the Dodgers realized that game six is an elimination game, so they put an infected third baseman out there to play the whole game. But good old Blake Snell, nope, get the hell out of here, bud. Can't do it, not going to happen. I mean, there's no way that they didn't know. If, if it had come back inconclusive, then he should not have been able to play. Yeah, I don't know what that. I guess I should have looked that up because that's a really good point. I don't know what the protocol was if it comes back inconclusive, but it didn't come back before game time was part of the problem. So, he, so he then he shouldn't be eligible the way I'm looking at it. If you don't have a determining positive or negative, then you shouldn't be eligible. And what if what happens in if three or four days? Everybody gets back to L.A., goes their separate ways. Everybody's back out of the bubble and at home. And all of a sudden, breaking news, 11 Dodgers test positive for COVID. But, yeah, that would be, that would be, well, this was very 2020, though. I mean, that would have been a bad look. But isn't this very 2020 that, like, one, somebody gets tested and it was inconclusive. So they just go out and continue to live their lives. Two, that comes back positive. But then he's like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go out and do whatever I want and put everybody at danger anyway. It's karaoke night. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go out. Yeah. It's it's two for two taco night. You think I'm going to stay home? Yeah. Uh, yeah, This is what he's counting on me. After I stumbled over that before, this is what Justin Turner said back in February. The reason every guy in this room, the reason every guy is working out all offseason and showing up to camp early and putting in all the time and effort is specifically for that trophy, which, by the way, is called the commissioner's trophy. So for him to devalue it in that way he did yesterday just tells me how out of touch he is with the players in this game. At this point, the only thing devaluing that trophy is that it says commissioner on it. And then he had to hand it over, and then he's walking around with it. And he did get booed. The commissioner got booed, which is uh, as it should be. Yeah, it's a good look. Yeah. Yeah. We're very pro-labor, so I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Right. Big City Adam made a good point, though. You know, he's already been playing this game. First off, he... If he tested positive today, that means he's probably been asymptomatic for at least three days, right? So he's infected everyone already. He's already infected everybody. He's already been in the game. You know, uh, Randy Rosarena hit a triple yesterday. I think it was two days ago now. Two days ago. So he's infected a bunch of guys already. Secondly, how did he get infected? Because they were supposed to be isolated in a bubble. Exactly. How did this happen? Exactly. But but I don't know, man. It's crazy. So I can see I can see them letting him play. 
I could I could see that happening. I don't understand how he got infected though. I don't know what the where's the conspiracy in that. Where's the dots? Who's who, where? Yeah, where's somebody? Where's their food coming I mean, from? he got it somewhere. Where's the food coming from? And then he was out there kissing his wife, which gross. Exactly. That's why we're having this. That's why we're having this counseling <laughs> session right yeah. now. Is for statements <laughs> like that. He threw his wedding ring into the stands and started <laughs> yeah. kissing this woman. <laughs> <laughs> she caught it, and he's like, "We're married now." Uh, yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting was that Magic Johnson's out there celebrating and no mask on for someone that's HIV positive. Not anymore. He beat that. Right? Well, Uh, that's what he said. I mean, if anybody, if anybody beat HIV before all these new drugs have come out, it was certainly magic. I mean, you saw that South Park episode. You just have to inject yourself (laughs) with uh, liquid cash. Sorry, did you... (laughs) Did you, did you just um, submit for uh, evidence a South Park episode? Exhibit A, <laughs> Cartman. Yes. I just want to make sure we're all on the I'd same like page on what just happened. I'd like to call a key witness, uh, Mr. Cartman, Eric yeah. Cartman, please, to the stand. <laughs> to the, yes. <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, not a good impression. Cheesy puffs. Oh, man. <laughs> It was a weird I don't ending. Know. I it like was conspiracies. A weird I don't like the Dodgers. This is just fuel for my fire. Do you think it's the yeah. beard? Because remember when like remember COVID when COVID, that beard? remember when COVID first started, there was that diagram of all of the acceptable facial hairstyles that would yeah. work with a mask, and beards are not one of them. And which, now that I'm a member of the club, <laughs> should I be concerned mm. that I'm going to get? A Justin Turner story of of the COVID. Oh, you think that there may be of a, a uh, like a strain that's evolved to just live for in beard people? Oh, Ooh. oh, that could be. I mean, I don't know. Anything's on the table at this point, but and that just has truth. me a little concerned. Speaking of being concerned, in the next few days, as as Snoop you mentioned earlier. Uh, we will be seeing our next uh, election, and I mentioned that. Yeah. The, well, okay. Well, no, you were talking about the the apocalypse, I guess. So I just inferred. Hmm. Um, but <laughs> you know, we've had 2000 and 2016, where we had the uh, the winner of the popular vote not win the presidency. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I was, you know, scrolling through the Twitter this morning, and I saw somebody as you so, want to do. Somebody was talking about the electoral college, and somebody made this sports analogy. And they said two football teams are playing. Team A jumps out to an early lead and leads at the end of the first, second, and third quarters. So that would be okay. College football, right? Because halves Both. are. No, nope, you're thinking of basketball. Ah. In football, there's there's quarters. You're thinking football. of hockey. All right, forget that. <laughs> team B or no basketball? Yeah, college. So basketball. team A wins. Uh, team A leads in the in the first, second, and third quarters. Team B comes back in the fourth and wins the game. But since team A won the first three quarters, they're declared the winner. And they said that's the electoral college. <laughs> Somebody else replied to that and said, "Let me fix your analogy." 
The Yankees mm -hmm. are playing the Braves in the 1996 World Series. In six games, the Braves score 26 runs, while the Yankees score 18. The Yankees mm -hmm. are declared the World Series champions because they won four of the six games. That's the Electoral College. So yep. the World yeah, Series analogy, like when I started looking into this, apparently the World Series is used as an analogy quite often in terms of the Electoral College. So I thought we could take a look at this World Series analogy, break it down, see if it actually does make sense. And to help us do that, mm -hmm. um, I referenced an article I found, which, which was published in the Cardozo Law Review. Um, oh, yeah. Which Cardozo Law Review, that's, that's published by the uh, Benjamin Cardozo School of Law at Yeshiva University, which is the number three best, uh, sorry, the number 53 best law school, according to uh, U.S. News & World Reports. That's out of 198. So we're in the upper Where in is the this upper located? I, I no idea. Um, okay. But the article was called How the Electoral College Imitates the World Series by Michael Hertz. Um, mm. So, yeah, as we, as we know in the World Series, well, as you guys know, I guess, the winner always prevails by winning a majority of the games that they play. And mm. that means that the winner doesn't necessarily score the most runs. So uh, apparently in the 1960 World Series, the Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Yankees 4-3. But overall, the Yankees outscored the Pirates 55-27. As a team, they hit, uh, I don't know how you say this, 0.338 to the Pirates 0.256. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, they had, That's their batting average. Okay, they had 10 home runs to the Pirates 4, and Yankees pitchers had a collective ERA of 3.54, while the Pirates was 7.11. Yikes. So the Yankees dominated by every measure except total games won, uh, which mm -hmm. led Yogi Berra to say we made too many wrong mistakes. So yeah, those are the worst kind of mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah agreed. <laughs> so this is this is part of the reason why. The, the, I like true facts. I don't like wrong mistakes. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> so this is this is one of the reasons why the World Series keeps being brought up as an analogy for the the Electoral College. Um, sure. And the contrast between the uh, the electoral votes versus the popular vote. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lawyer, Walter Dellinger, who is a professor at Duke School of Law, who said. Um, if the presidency was decided by the popular vote, the two candidates would have run different races, and we simply don't know who would have won, which that's also kind of a good point, because if the World Series was not set up the way it is, the teams would be playing their games different. If it was all based on the other stats, the games would play out different, right? So first of all, any thoughts about this analogy just in, in general? I think it works out very well. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have any problem with that. It's, it's true of football playoffs. It's true of, um, it's true of the NCAA basketball tournament when you have automatic mm -hmm. bids. Um, it's true in any of these, uh, any of those scenarios. I think it's just generally true in sports because you're looking at, oh, you're looking at. You're trying to compare records across different schedules. Right. You know, so like 
you being nine, well, Reed will probably have a lot to say about this, but like, you know, an eight and four SEC team is better than uh, a a ten and two Pac twelve team because they or have or Big Ten sport. or ACC or Big Twelve. No, yeah, or, see, no. I told you. <laughs> 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 No, I, I agree with Snoop. I, I see it as, too, that the games in a seven-game series are kind of like individual states. Like, you can win Florida, but if you lose California, New York, Michigan, Wisconsin, I mean, you know, each state is kind of a game. And so you can win big games or big states, but still lose the overall competition. Yeah. Well, so the question mm. then... Like, you can win a game 17-1... to 1, but it's one game or one state, mm-hmm. you know, and you have other yeah. other things to account for. So your your um, your differential, the delta doesn't matter. You just have to get, you have to win more, which is also right. very true of me right now in fantasy football because, in like, two of my leagues, I'm in contention. But I'm also scored the fourth lowest amounts of points. So that's right. So that's that's your strength of schedule kind of argument or whatever. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. on the weeks, on the weeks where I've <clears throat> scored poorly, my opponent has also done poorly. So right. Screw him. Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. Your 89 <laughs> sucks to my 92. Kiss yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be. Fa- you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. That's exactly right. Well, if we start to let, let's so let's take a look at this analogy and, and break it down a little bit and just kind of compare to the election. And then we'll see see if we still feel the same at the end of this journey. So first of all, the first first comparison. Can I say yeah, one more thing before we jump out? So uh, like in um, UEFA soccer, well, in a lot of soccer tournaments. What did you just say? UEFA? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What? In 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 larger soccer like the Champions League, we'll just call it Champions League. They play two legs. And yeah, they have to run to kick on the ball. Aggregate. No. No. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. We're going to do a lot of things tonight, but this is Have isn't you heard, have them. you seen how much they run? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, miles. But they play two games. They play a home and home. Which, again, that's a term like, why am I even bothering? But they play a home and home. You can skip this part. So, <laughs> and then you win on aggregate. So if you... Right. Like the, the away goals count for more if there's a tie. But you're, if you score... Uh, if you score... If you win 1-0 to zero in one game, but then you lose 6-0 to zero in the other yeah. game, then you've lost the you've lost that leg of the tournament because it's it's an aggregate number of goals. So right. this is more akin to taking the electoral college out of the situation. Mm. Like right. we're just looking at how much you're able to score within this time. That's so interesting. There, there are the, sports that yeah. play multiple games, but they use some something other than just like pure win-loss. Hmm. Well, and the same could be said for like a round-robin structure where you like have groupings or like in the World Cup structure, you have groupings where like what Snoop's talking about is it's point aggregate. So you could lose a game and still win the group. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, technically you could lose two games and still win the group of four. 
because yeah. of point different goal differentials and all that. So yes, exactly. I think that soccer and other tournament structures like that do prevent that electoral college kind of uh, outcome. That's interesting. If that's what you're trying to do, I mean, right. part of right. oh yeah, sports, it's, a, it's part just of what system are like, you working with? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so if we're looking at this at this particular analogy, if we're if we're if we're if People like to make the point, especially fans of the Electoral College, like to make this comparison. When you, if you complain, if you complain, the Electoral wait, College. Republicans? Yes, yeah. Bring, bring me those people. Uh, Show me yeah. them. <laughs> there, well, so it's not a, constitutional literalists yeah, it's, are probably it's, fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always been Republicans. Uh, there was a there was a uh, Republican from Illinois who said. In our democracy, if you run for dog catcher, it's decided by popular vote. The only exception is the highest elected office in the country. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think from 2000 on, though, it, it's, been, it's been mostly the Republicans who are, uh, who, who are in favor of this. Um, but if we break down this analogy, so first of all, if we're talking about you know, comparing the popular vote um, and all of those individual votes to individual runs throughout the season, or even just throughout the World Series. One difference is not all runs are equal, but in America we consider that all people are created equal. Any thoughts? All men. All men are created equal. All human. What? And and also to to follow up on this... So, so Reed, you were saying that you you see the uh, the way that the electoral college works. Each state is its own game, and that the, right. and that those games are you know yeah. So that that you win the most games, then more than likely. I mean, it's not a great, it's not a perfect parallel because some because of the way the states are weighted right. well, ex- in the world so series games are not weighted exactly yes. so that's it so if so if we're looking at the world series all of those games count equally right but in the electoral right. college we have weighted votes by state so but they but they but they don't all count equally they don't all count what, equally. all world a series game games six, at, yeah, a game six and a game seven are worth more than a game one and a game two. It's true. And and what I by that I mean you can't win the series with a, a game one, and you can't lose a series with the game one. Right, but but you you're... can but you can in a game six and a game seven for sure. You can't they, like Reed said. Six is always an elimination game for somebody. Right, right. And seven is right. an elimination elimination game for everybody else. So those are the tipping point states that we're mm-hmm. talking about. So the Pennsylvanias and the Floridas are game sixes right. and game sevens. You have to win those. Right. If you're if you want to win, you have to win those. If you want to win the series, there's no doubt you ha- you're gonna be in a position where you have to win those. Mm-hmm. Like do you see what I'm saying? Because like, if I'm up three two and I'm going into games, I I know I'm losing you, Rowdy, but stick with me. <laughs> if yeah. I'm in, if I'm up three two and I'm going into game six, if I want to win, I have to win that game. But if I'm the other team, if I'm the other team, I all, and I want to win the series, I also have to win that game because I have to force a game seven. 
Right. So there's there's there are points where it's like just like we have in our our election, there are certain states that get absolutely overlooked because they have less value. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pitch my best pitcher in game 2. I'm going to try or possibly game 3. I'm going to save him for game 1, 5, 6 and 7 because those are the ones that are most meaningful. That's why you see your pitchers, your ace pitchers pitch like game one, game four, and game seven, or game one, game four, and game six, because you're trying to, at, at the highest leverage point, you're trying to put your best players out there. Unless you're Kevin Cash, then you pull your best pitcher after pitching <laughs> right. five and a third and 73 pitches, <laughs> like a moron. But at the same time, what the you're, rest what you're of us, talking about, though, is, the, is those are the games that are the tiebreakers. Right, so, so those are the Pennsylvanias and the Floridas. Right, so but that's why that's why we don't get any. That's why they don't come to Indiana because those our, because that, those states are weighted. Because they're weighted to win, they're not weighted with more electoral votes. We have as many electoral votes as Wisconsin, but there's no question mm-hmm. what's going to happen with our state. There isn't a question with Wisconsin. So Wisconsin gets activity that we don't see, not because they have more to offer, other than it's. A tipping point. It's a game six. Mm-hmm. It right. matters more than a game two. But you right. don't walk into like you can if we're comparing states to games. Like you can look at, um, you you can look at a state like Alabama, and you can say, hmm. I know I know where that state's gonna go. You mm-hmm. don't walk into game one of the World Series and say, Well, why even play? Because but we know who's walk gonna in. win this. But specifically in the World Series, you can walk into a game two and say this is a, and happens a lot more in the playoffs, but this is a game two, this is going to be a bullpen game for us. This is something that's happened over the past couple of years where it's like you're not pitching your best pitcher. You're pitching to, uh, you know, Reed's point earlier, and he know he had some great mm. years, but you're pitching your Steve Avery's. You're not pitching your John <laughs> right. Spolses. Hmm. You know, right. you're pitching your Gonsolins. You're not pitching... Your Kershaws, mm-hmm. like you're pitching guys that um, you know you have, you're less likely to win that putting these guys out there. But you know you have to get through game two to get to the game sixes and the mm. game sevens. Hey, we're gonna right. concede this because we have a higher leverage point later down the road that we need to win. Interesting. The you only can't be best there. all the way, all the time. Yeah, the only caveat there is that if Kershaw is paralleled to Alabama, then Alabama could go blue if Kershaw's pitching <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get with him. No, I right. know it's it's not a perfect it's not it's not a perfect. Well, analogy, the analogy that it, they bring up that they say is in this in this article that's actually a better fit is the process in which the House would select the president. And the Senate would select the vice president if the Electoral College couldn't produce a majority. Because in that case, what ends up happening is each state gets one vote. So it's so you take the you you it, it's not weighted anymore. It's one state, one vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But that's our system. But- yeah. Well, but see, the squirrely thing, too, about the Electoral College is that technically, and it, this may differ from state to state, I'm not sure, but technically the delegates that represent the Electoral College votes mm-hmm. do not have to represent the populace. 
So say Indiana, what do we have? 16, 11. 11? Yeah, 11. If if all 11 of our vote of our 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 electoral uh, college votes want to reflect what Indiana typically does, then they're going to more than likely vote Republican. But they don't have to legally. They could all vote Democrat if they wanted mm-hmm. to. You do not have to represent the populace. That's the right. squirrely thing for me about the electoral but college. There's, there's also, and then but and, there's, and, there's, and at the same time, some states split and some states do not. There's there's a selection process yeah. that goes into that too to make sure that those things don't happen. Yeah. And, no, and by, some by, some by states party, even have repercussions if you if you are yeah. a faithless elector, then you can you yeah. can have repercussions, but um, well, the squirrely thing to me is like like the the one vote, one voice, one vote, whatever you want to say, one person, one vote. Like it's not true with the electoral college. Like my vote means more in less populous states than it does in California or right. I mean, even Mississippi versus Indiana. My vote counts for about half as much mm-hmm. because there's less people, but they get six. Ele- I think it's six in Mississippi, and we get eleven. Yep. And yeah, if you like, live in Vermont, your vote counts more than it does in New York. Yeah, it's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because of the way that the college is, is split up. So, yeah, again, it's not a perfect analogy, but I think... And if you live in Russia, <laughs> your your vote counts more than any. <laughs> uh, yeah, that landed. Well, no, keep here's going. Another, you here's got some another good... thought. So... <laughs> Russia. When we're when we're looking at <laughs> when we're looking at games, like a lot of times you'll have different, you know, uh, a ball will hit the ground. Funny. There's these elements of chance or luck that happen mm-hmm. in games that that can Novelty. that can make yeah. or break a, a, a game or make or break the World Series. But that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know that's the kind of stuff that stories are told about later. But the question is, are we comfortable with that type of element of chance in an election? And so part of that comes down to, with the World Series, we've got seven games, and we have a, a very, very long um, baseball season, many, many, many games, like hundreds of games, to try to control <laughs> against the chance that a team's Thousands. victory in just one of those games was a fluke. So the the amount of games helps to rein in some of those those like pure chance aspects. But yeah. when we're looking at the presidential election, there's one chance. Like this if a if a fluke, if we have a 2000 situation and we've got a um uh so you're just saying, like, we want to run it back? Like, Bush v. Gore, like, let's run it back? Let's do everything again? No, I'm, sa- well, I'm saying a, that, that, that when you have situations like that that come down to very uh, very odd situations th- that can make or break that election. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, it could be something like, um, you know, let's say it's 2016 and your party decides to run a very unlikable candidate for president um (laughs) the most so the cards are already stacked against you but you know you're you're on track to win you know uh to win the popular vote 
but then, you know, uh, let's say, I don't know, I'm going to make up a name. Jim Comey writes a letter <laughs> right before the election. <laughs> That's like, you know... Uh, the ball that that that's like in a in a in a game and the, the the ball goes and kills a six year old in the stands and you know uh, I don't know like it just throws that element of chaos into it so but you but you've only letter? got one but if you've only happens. got one election you, you know so these these flukes or these random chances uh, I don't know it, it it holds a lot more weight when we're talking about the presidential election than it does in Game two, if, you know, the, that ball just, you know, went up and hit a pigeon that was flying over the field and, and got knocked out. But, oh, yeah, the big I, unit style. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I guess what you're, sa- what you're equating that to is like the October surprise, which can still be true in any sport. Like, that can happen uh, a good, uh, what was it, two years ago? Rams, Rams versus Saints, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there was a oh, blown, yeah, that past blown interference call, call mm-hmm. which would have meant nothing in in uh, in game in week two games, right? But because it was the NFC Championship, and it was I think it was it in overtime or it was in right at the fourth it, quarter. They were trying to get it. Might have been. It was down. late in the game. I remember and that. It was a blown call, and LA ended up winning that because of that call. So. I'll go back to this. There are points that it's not the event itself. It's at the point in which the event happened, which has more weight mm-hmm. than that itself. Now, but it's also the goes, arbi- arbitrariness of those calls. And so that's another that's another thing with yeah, sports. Without doubt. Is and that see, you've, that's where... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Rowdy. But that's where I think Snoop's Rams Saints game is a much better analogy to the 2000 election because, yes, that got squirrely with a popular vote in the Electoral College, but the data is clear. That election was stolen. There's, there, there's a, there was a blown call in that election. It's a yeah. little bit different. I see it differently than the 16 election. While, yes, the Electoral College and the popular vote were askew, the Democrats got the popular vote, the Republicans got the Electoral College in 2000, but that election was stolen. But because I, it I mean, came the, down the, to the a president bad elect's call. brother was a the damn governor of the state. Right. I mean, it's it that there was more going on in that. Yeah. So that's I, the blown call election versus the sixteen. I, I think guess I I take the I take the the blown call part out of it. What I was more trying to say is the event the the who what was that name you made up, Rowdy? Oh, Jim Comey. Uh, Mr. Jim that, Comey. Jim Comey. The Jim Comey event. While it. It was uh, consequential. It was more consequential because of when it happened. Right. Yes. So it's like it's a leverage point thing. So that con that call that happened. What I'm trying to say is, it was more consequential because of when it happened, not the event in and of itself. In a week two or week four, exactly. Not very. Not not that important. But the fact that I'm sorry, I keep forgetting his name. What was his name? Jim Comey. Jim Comey wrote that letter, then he, when he wrote that letter, uh, was more important than the fact that he wrote that letter. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you got a player that tests positive for COVID, but you're not going to say anything till the sixth inning. 
<laughs> right, because of it, I mean that'd be that would just be insane right. if that would ever happen. Um, well, I think that what you were bringing up though earlier about the 2000 election though that comes down to, you know, when when you look at a game like baseball, there are so many you know outside of baseballs. If I'm looking at baseball as an outsider. There are so many rules and calls that I, I would see as just, you know, completely arbitrary or or yeah. just trivial. And yeah, should we should we explain the info fly? Rule? No, no, <laughs> no, because it only makes sense within the game of baseball. It's got its own internal right. logic. Right. And so that's another right. question. Are mm. we OK with that sort of, you know, internal logic that, that also can be uh, fudged depending on who's calling it or, or where it's being nope. called in, in something like our elections. Well, well, and that, and that's what 2000 Maybe. came down to, was that kind of situation yeah. where it's like, it's, yeah. it's where it happened, it's who was calling it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's kind of how I think about it, is it doesn't matter what teams are playing or who's running. And it doesn't matter who wins. It's just, are you what having matters fun? Is the t- well, no, what matters is the TV ratings. <laughs> and it's kind of the same <laughs> that I see in, in general elections, especially for the presidency. It doesn't matter what team wins. This is just about just about what we can get off of this whole event. Well, and so that's right? that's a good question. So, and, and, and that actually, like, this is a good way to wrap it up because... Uh, that's actually how um, the the author of this article, uh, Michael Hertz, from the number 53 ranked best law school, according to U.S. News and World Reports, uh, sums everything up. He says, um, essentially, you know, let's 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 take this analogy out of out of consideration. Uh, he says, sports do not hold morals for constitutional structures nor should we design constitutional structures to maximize competition, excitement, or the memorableness of outcomes, nor does a particular arrangement make sense for a presidential election because it makes sense for baseball. So I think that's an interesting point, is baseball is maximized point. for competition, excitement, and these memorable outcomes, but, but our elections probably shouldn't be. Right. No, I they agree. shouldn't be, but the, but it's a, that's a great point. They should not be, but they completely are. Oh, yeah. Elections are our elections are sports matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, people vote for who they think will win. They don't necessarily vote for who they think best represents their values or their political leanings. Which is partially they, people why people want to vote. People want to vote for who wins. Which who's going to win? You could hold that as an argument for or against the electoral college because the electoral college yes. was a compromise. Yes. Between the people who thought that uh, between white landowners. And well, white land yeah, I mean, the between West. the people who thought that, <laughs> yeah. that, that that Congress should be white the male landowners. Those were yeah. those were the people who thought that, you know, Congress should be the ones who elect the president. You elect mm-hmm. us. We elect the president. And so the Electoral College was sort of that the compromise between the two. So. Um, so, yeah, I think I mean. I, I can see the benefits of this analogy in some respects, but I do think that yeah. at, at the end of the day, we're talking about a game and not a game, not a game, not a game. Yeah. So practice. practice, not a game. Well, politics. that's, that's a, 
That's why, uh, Rowdy, and you're interested in, in uh, ancient history. That's why I think there's a legit argument that we got to go back to Socrates and the Greeks, right? We got to have a true representational democracy. We can't have or, or, or a true democracy, not a representational democracy. One vote, one person, count them up. Whoever gets the most wins. Yep. That's where that, I think it needs to be more like sports, not in terms of the mentality of competition, but in terms of tallying the score. Right. And I think if we did that, you, you would control the chaos that we were talking about. You asked, how do you control the chaos? Are you fine with the chaos? No, right. but I'm because I, or yes, I am, because I know, understand that there's going to be an aspect that we can't ever control. But yes, I do want to minimize it. And I think your, your point democracy and uh you know one vote one person one vote minimizes that chaos right. we don't right. have this this well i got more more votes but somehow i lost situation yeah it'll it'll yeah, be, be interesting like playing baseball where you get an extra run if you hit a home run or you get four four runs for a home run three runs it, for a triple two runs for a double i mean the, the it weighting would, it the would, scale it would almost be like if like if you shot the ball from 18 feet in basketball, that would be worth two points, but if you shot it from 25 feet, it would be worth three. That would be weird, right? <laughs> that would be so really, we really weird. So we need to go back weird. to 1970s basketball. Yeah, 1979. Bring it back. Bring it yeah. back by taking it away. That's what I'm always saying. Well, and and might as well slide the ABA in there, too, so the Pacers can get that championship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three of them. Yeah. Well, we're a week away that's, from seeing what happens, but hopefully, hopefully oh. this uh, this conversation will be a moot point uh, at, at this time next week. But um, mm, sir, I, I, it ain't I don't gonna know. be over this time next I week. Know. <laughs> we, we, I think we you will mean see. a. I think you mean a mood point, but whatever. Yeah, I mean one one interesting uh, idea is there's a uh, the what's called the National Popular Vote Compact, which basically you mm-hmm. get states to agree to award their electoral college votes to whoever wins the, the popular vote. And so if you, if you had enough states that would, that would agree to this uh, compact, then uh, essentially whoever, whoever wins the popular vote would always win the presidency without having to go through any kind of constitutional amendment. Oh, you mean the states would shift in terms of the national popular vote, yes. not the state popular? Right. Yes, I yep. get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's not going to happen. But well, and it, <laughs> Neat. It, it is it is interesting too to think about like how you know like to the point earlier about if the if the if if the rules changed, then the the game would be played different, and so you know right. If the rules change, you're going to end up having very different states that candidates are campaigning in, and um, I don't know, but we'll see. I think it's all going to be very clear-cut this time next week. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah, I and wish, I'll tell you something I wish else. I could... I could wish I, I wish I could get on that page with you, Rowdy, but I'm not there with you, bud. With I would say this. Uh, with the way that we've predicted things, Rowdy, if you say it's going to be very <laughs> clear cut at this time next week, I know exactly which side of that bet I'm taking. Right. So based on that, yeah, we didn't. Even, I'm, I'm, we didn't even have any hot taters. We didn't even have any hot taters. Yeah. This well, week. How how did I do it. though? Uh, let's take a look. Because uh, you were like two a, and three. 
Two and three. Two and three. And you had a bad beat, Rowdy. You had a bad beat. Uh, let me look here real quick. But uh, you picked Hotlanta to beat mm-hmm. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Hotlanta was mm-hmm. minus two. Detroit won 23-22. You lost that one, pal. Uh-huh. Huh. Well, it, yeah, was, thought- it sounds like it was fair and square, though. I can respect <laughs> that. You, oh, this is the other one. This is the other one. You you picked Philadelphia to win against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, they did. Good yeah. job. Uh, however, they were a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and they only won 22-21. So you lost that one as well. But you did pick them. You got an right electoral guy. college player. Yeah. That's, I think, yeah. my biggest problem with the electoral college. It reminds me of hot taters every week. Of the spread. <laughs> yeah. The electoral college is the spread in Rowdy's it's, universe. It's the, it's, the, it's the arbitrary and trivial insider rules that are impacting my happiness and my <laughs> it's all about my happiness my life too, liberty and my pursuit <laughs> of happiness for those two and a half minutes that's, when we actually walk through yeah it. and then i go and that's watch a movie the one qualifier i think everyone forgets when it comes to happiness is it's the pursuit of happiness you don't get it <laughs> you pursue uh-huh. it <laughs> uh-huh. that's exactly right Viva! Haters. Well, that's it. That's I think right. we did it. We did sports. We did right? political sports. Political yeah. episode. Sports. Well, that's politics, I guess. Right? Anywhere there's power, <laughs> there's politics. So domination. Episode one sixty three. As always, I want to thank the minister of sound, Mikey Jet Belly Music, the commissioner Brandon Casburn, and the honorary ball boy this week is oh, oh ball food editor Courtney, Dennis Chu. I forgot about Walter. Ball woman is Courtney DeWalter this week, who is the champion of this year's Bigs Bigs Backyard race, where she completed uh, 283 miles in 63 hours to be the last woman standing Hmm. in the Big Backyard race this year. Congratulations to Courtney DeWalter. Bigs Backyard is the wildest race. I mean, you... So the way this works, uh, just real quickly, is you are running a lap every hour for as many hours as it takes to be the last person standing. So it could be 20 hours, and in this case, it was, what, 60-some hours? She ran 68 68 laps is what she did. Insane, insane time. Uh, So she ran four miles every hour for 68 straight hours. (laughs) Like this, this is what was the most. What did you do last me. week? Yeah, <laughs> this started on Saturday, which means she won on Monday, Tuesday morning, yep. Monday night. Yep. I was like, I, I have, I mean, one, the one thing her and I had in common over that period of time is neither one of us took a shower. So I think that's <laughs> that's like a win in my book, right? At right. some point, we small victories. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email us at sportsportsportspod at gmail.com with any questions, headlines, or topics you want to discuss, specifically politics. Let's stick to politics here. (laughs) And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes will be there every Thursday where we will ask, how about some sports? How about it? Yeah.